what's up everybody welcome back to the sensibly cynical podcast today's episode is the best of the year that was 2023 so to set this up i have clips from eight episodes um funny serious um sports talk um got it all here on this episode um i will play a clip from julia baker february 26th and then Subsequently, I will introduce each clip um, until the end. So that's basically it. But before I get to the best of 2023 special, let me get the advertisements out of the way. You can check Sensibly Cynical wherever you get your podcasts. Twitter or X is at Cynical Sensibly. Instagram is Sensibly Cynical Pod. Check out the Facebook page. Bonfire has the merch. Thinking about having new designs of the shirts. So let me know what you think. Um, if you have any ideas. Email me, sensiblycynicalpodcast at gmail.com. YouTube, building that up. Um, subscribe on YouTube would be awesome. It is January 6th, so I think I can still say Happy New Year. Um, hope everyone is doing well. Now, here's a clip from my interview with model Julia Baker out of San Diego, California. Enjoy, everybody. What have you been doing lately? Yeah, so since I came to San Diego, like at first I ended up actually taking a break and people were like confused because they were like, didn't you like go out to California to model? And I was like, not really. Like yeah, I kind of just came here. But... Yeah, but did you also model in New York though? Yeah, yeah. In Boston, East Coast. That's what I thought. I thought when I when I um when I went on your website, I thought I saw New York, but Yeah. Yeah, I I've kind of been around I mean like east coast west coast pretty much but I didn't move to LA I moved to San Diego so I kind of came to San Diego and was like I'm gonna just chill like I still did want to like model and um but I ended up getting this job at a restaurant and like I can't say too much about that job like a shirt because oh. I don't work there anymore <laughs> <but>. <laughs> confidentiality agreements uh yeah <laughs> liability concerns all the buzzwords yeah. yeah i mean as much as that would be an excellent story um uh, i'm only you're giving to... you're giving this podcast too much credit okay yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think that no one's gonna not that not you but i'm talking about like dive into like my podcast they're gonna be like well it's just some random podcast we don't care. yeah 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 but but I, 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 under I, I understand i understand i'm only allowed to say positive things about mm. that restaurant like but you know what i'm saying like people make a big deal about how i don't i don't see it that big of a deal either you can model or you can't either you know yeah. you can be a, a good person in a relationship or you can't it's like, so true <laughs> What's your thoughts on this whole hype thing? Like, do you think it's overrated? Like, people make too big of a deal about it? Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, it's not a huge deal when you're doing, like, commercial work or print work because you can't really tell somebody's height. So, I mean, that's kind of the work that's paying better anyway. The The height really comes down to the runway. Um, and I uh, That's a good point. I can see why everybody wants to be, like, around the same height on the runway, but I don't understand why they have to be like so tall all right this next clip is from my interview with years down a band out of denver colorado very humble group down to earth this was a fun chat um they talk about how they started in the music industry influences and much more so this is years down march 6th okay i got three bands here that when i was listening to music I, I saw hints of all three of these. We'll see if you 
agree or disagree. Okay. You can, you can show me up and say, what the hell is this guy talking about? We don't sound anything like these people. All right. So the first one, my chemical romance, would you agree? There's hints of them in your music. Um, (laughs) No. Like the second, I'm the outlier just because I fucking don't like them, man. These guys do. Okay, so, so so the second one is Good Charlotte. I definitely yeah, hear yeah. Good Charlotte in you guys. That's definitely there. And then Green Day. But the only reason why I say Michael McRomance is because you have that that when when you go like when the drummer goes like really hard, it sounds just like uh, the Michael McRomance sped up. That's all I mean. I don't mean the vocals. I meant like the hard stuff is very similar. Uh, yes. We'll so, take it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, My Chemical Romance is one of those like polarizing bands. You know what I mean? They're great. He doesn't know. Stop what talking. About. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I would say yeah, definitely. I think. Uh, I think we all agree. They're a hot topic for some reason. What What about them? It's like, <laughs> like where we got our jink up our way. Well, I, I hope I didn't offend you guys and making you regret taking this interview by that by bringing them up. We're having fun, so fun. <laughs> all right, so talk about uh, influences, um, Ben, as the as the drummer. Like, who? What, you have a top drummer of all time. Um. I mean, before I got into pop punk, I was kind of a metalhead, so I listened to like a lot of Slipknot and Disturbed. So Joy Jordanson, you know, he was soul. definitely um, uh, influenced uh, me. And then when I got into the pop punk, uh, obviously Travis Barker, you know, Blink mm-hmm. One Eighty Two was basically the catalyst to a lot of the sound we have now. So yeah, yeah, I can remember when Travis Barker started fucking around on like um, rap beats. Yeah, yeah. Like Soul yeah. That was that was when I was kind of like, all right, this is let's drum a song. I would say that's like um, one of my uh, one of my favorite bands, uh, Linkin Park, started get with Jay Z and stuff like that. That Brock Brock has a history with rap music, like as far as collaborations that I didn't really know too much about until like all of a sudden that it seemed out of nowhere for me. Like, wait a minute, what? Like it doesn't. Do you think that's like a seamless like parallels, or do you think it's kind of like a newer thing? We'll let Rob take this because he wants what? to leave us for an emo rap band. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you think? Do you think there's parallels in rap and rock? <laughs> I guess well, that's a no. Uh, no, there is. No, yeah. <laughs> you're a good person to answer this. Why is that? Though? Uh, I I guess so. Yeah, I think there is in like all genres of music. I mean, you can experiment, and I don't know. I think what he's doing now, it's kind of super helpful to like the the direction of pop punk. Even though I don't like a lot of it, but I think these crossovers with rap artists and stuff has kind of helped the the pop punk genre get more to the mainstream. So I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. rap and rock they go together like Camper and Jelly a little bit. You know? Yeah. We have nothing nowhere. There's like NF. There's, yeah. There's, there's mm-hmm. a few. Uh, my... Meadow, a singer songwriter out of Nashville, Tennessee, stopped by the podcast mid tour. That's right. She called in from her bus. Um, very busy. So I appreciated her taking time out of her schedule to come on the podcast. Um, she talks about life on the road, 
um, what she's got coming up, and much more. So this clip is from April 23rd. What's it about like country music that kind of resonated with you, like that type of music? Telling a story is what resonated with me. Um, I grew up doing, I grew up dancing and also doing like plays, uh, acting and singing. And I kind of had to pick one. And um, I felt like singing kind of incorporates it all because I move around a lot on stage. I'm, I'm moving, I'm dancing. I, um, but um, I'm telling a story. I'm acting through songs too. So it's like singing kind of like country music in particular kind of brings that all together um, for me. So that's kind of why I chose it. Um, like when I was around 12 or 13, I was um, doing my first couple of, well, I probably started singing lessons around nine, but when I started really honing in on singing lessons and taking it really seriously, um, my vocal coach um, was like, what genre do you want to do? Like, if you want to be an artist, like what genre? And I'm like, I got to think on that. I, it, it kind of wasn't, to be honest, wasn't um, thinking about country first, just because I grew up in Nashville, which is not really, um, you know, like most people move to Nashville to do music, but I grew up there. So it wasn't first on my list. So I was kind of singing like Kelly Clarkson and pop stuff in my vocal lessons. And then once I sat and really thought about it, I was like, you know, country music tells a story. And that's what I love doing. I love telling stories. Like, let's try that out. And I, so I started bringing country songs to my lessons. And I was like, I think I'm, I think I'm falling in love. I think I'm falling in love with country music. I grew up around it, you know, but I never, I, I felt like I felt I heard it so much that I got sick of it for a minute. Mm, that makes but sense. But then when I really, when I revisited it, I realized that it was, I, I realized that that's what I wanted to do. Carrie Underwood is my big um, inspiration that I've always looked up to since I was a little girl. I saw her live like a month ago. Oh my gosh, she's an alien. Like she is superhuman. I've yeah. never seen a better live performance than her. Um, she is my. I mean, she's also my role model in like life too. Like she, she's a Christian like I am. She lives, she lives her life in a, in a way that like she shares her face with people. And I love that. And I want to do that too. Um, and also I love um, just the way she carries herself. She is just classy. She's classy. Um, so love her. Also, um, Marina Lambert's a big influence on songwriting. I love mm. her songwriting. Right, I I dig her as well as an artist. Um, and also the Randy Rogers band has been a big influence for me. Um, they're Texas country, mm -hmm. and that's almost like a whole other genre. I actually got to open for them a couple weeks ago, and that was wow, a that's awesome, dream, <laughs> an absolute dream. And I kind of have to tell. I I've never I haven't said anything about this, but I guess I can give you some more juicy stuff if you want to know i mean it's well, not i juicy, you know good cool hey, whatever whatever you want to say say it you know i don't care oh, i feel like a lot of people are going to want to <laughs> listen to this because i'm spilling a lot of stuff um so actually it was so cool obviously to open for my hero but then i did get a chance to meet them um the fiddle player invited us up to the bus and basically i was like this isn't real <laughs> it was so cool and shout out to their whole team they are all awesome and um it was so awesome to get to sit and talk to one of my heroes. So um, really cool experience to get to open for them and then hang out with them for a little bit. Um, mm. So 
anyways, yeah, Randy Rogers, um, their like the production of their music and the utility like um, instruments like fiddle, banjo, and stuff in their music has been a big influence on my music. You hear a lot of utility in my in my music um, as well. So in June, another model stopped by the podcast, Stormy Williams, out of Virginia. She talks about the modeling lifestyle, um, what type of shoots she does, and another chill person. You will enjoy this June 6th. What kind of modeling do you do? Like, as far as type of shoots? More fashion. Um, I do a little bit of everything. I have done lingerie. I've done swimsuit. Um, but that's not, I try not to dabble into that too much because I don't want to just be stuck there. And that's not how I started out. So you, What um, you mean by stuck is in, like, the only traction you'll get is from that sort of stuff? Yes. Um, yes. Or not being taken seriously in other parts of the fashion industry as far as like high fashion. Because you want to have a portfolio that's kind of broad, not just. Yeah. That, and and for yeah. me, I think I, well, I don't think I have made it where I can do all of those things. And it's not, people aren't confused and like, why are you doing this now? Why are you doing that? It's all yeah. like, wow, like start dating. You're doing another thing you're doing. I have set my personal career up that way. Um but you can kind of get stuck there because you, you'll make that money fast, you know, more so um, quicker. It's yeah. a little easier just to kind of like, yeah, you want to just do this, you know, concept wise. Um, so that's the only thing about that. Um, how much, but how much of it, as far as photographers, I've had, yeah. I've been fine, but I know it's very much a high percentage, but then I kind of like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. How much of it is clout driven? Like people trying to, you know, get cred for stuff. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like not that they're fake, but they, but they do stuff for clout. It's more so based on that. Yeah. Um, I think that's what this, anything now, I, I, it's not even just percentage wise, uh, with just this industry. I mean, I guess it's high, you know, I guess you could say in the 90%. We don't have to give, we don't have to give numbers all, the whole episode. Oh, no, I know. I'm just saying like, no, 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 I know. I'm just saying like in general, it's, that's just how everybody is now. So I don't know if it's, you know, it, it, it's, yeah, it's a big deal here, but it's like, that's with every part of entertainment. That's with just the internet alone. You could be a regular person. Just somebody's going to try to do something to get views, get pointers, you know, and get points and stuff. So um, in college, um, I wasn't going to ODU, Old Dominion University yeah. down here. Yeah, um, I know exactly I, where that is. Yeah, so I wasn't going there but like after college like front up after high school my friends some of my friends started to go there i was still like up here in richmond so i would go down there and travel or whatever all the time bring my homegirls down there my best friend was a guy so like we would like i would go down there see him and stuff but it'd be all of us it was like some of the people i went school with a lot of them went there too and it would just be a whole thing of us but i'll bring my homegirls and stuff so we went down there and at this time when i first went there it was like it was so amazing it was um their homecoming and that's when J. Cole and Big Sean had just come out, like, or were kind of out for a minute, but you know, they were still like new. They were still like their first album. Right, they were new on the like, scene, yeah. Yeah, so like they were performing there for homecoming. So that's like the major reason I went down there. I was so, I still am in love with J. Cole. So like, I was so like, oh my gosh, you know, all that stuff, whole girl. So, uh, but at this time <laughs> I was also talking to somebody that happened to go to the same school. And I think I met them like in Richmond one time or like a club or something. I, I clubbed a lot back then. I, was, I mean, I pot, you know, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Good times. Good times. So, pot kettle, yeah. 
Me and this guy, we had hung out, summing up, homecoming, go to the concert. Afterwards, everybody's just, the whole campus just turned up, right? So I'm hanging out with this dude because I leave my friends. I go with him and stuff, and we're going around, like, the campus, all these different parties, da 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 Get back to the dorm. He has a roommate, okay? Mm. We're being grown, right? Trying to be. So I thought, and mind you, I'm lit. I'm turned up. But I just knew, like, I was sexy, right? <laughs> so... <laughs> You were, your, you were in your you were in your 20s, right? No, like then I graduated high school at 17. So then I was like 18 something. I was probably shouldn't have been drinking, but I was drinking. Okay. Yeah. okay. I didn't mean to I didn't mean to shed a spotlight on that. Oh, I don't care. I'm legal now. I'm legal. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I try to be uh, you know, cute and all that stuff, sexy. So I'm crawling, mind you, the roommate asleep. They have the same room, mm. you know, of course, two different beds. It's like we got back late. It's dark as shit. Roommate sleep. The only thing that's separating their beds is like the dresser, little nightstand, right? Mm. I'm sexy. I'm crawling up the bed and stuff like that. I fall, hit the dresser, <laughs> the um, nightstand. Yeah. They knock the fucking lamp over and every goddamn thing. Like I never made it to him. <laughs> <laughs> roommate tried to you protect tried. me. You tried. <laughs> I tried, right? And I just knew, oh, I had to look at everything. And I I busted my ass. It was so, like, th- at that moment, I was I was laughing, but I more, was more embarrassed than, like, of course, now, years later. And he just, like, he could not stop laughing. So yeah. this whole time, the roommate is still asleep. Yeah. Sleep. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so the next morning like so i he let me still stay there <laughs> mm. like, like it was funny the next morning um yeah you know roommate like leaves out for breakfast and stuff and like never talks about it and he definitely like says so to him like later on when i after i had left sworn to secrecy <laughs> <laughs> so like to this day he'll still bring it up like that's it funny is so that funny, is funny. But, like we're such good friends now but it's just it's hilarious like <laughs> that was worth the wait that yeah. was worth that. That story was worth the wait. Oh my gosh! Um, On one hand, I wish people could have been there because it's like <laughs> it was the most adventure <laughs> thing ever. That is pretty like, good. That is pretty good. Um, <laughs> On July eighth, singer songwriter and producer Grimsley stopped by. Uh, he talks about his career, uh, band Atrial, new music including Smile, and much more. So, yeah, let's get to it, Grimsley. What's the what's the what's the vibe that you think drew to people like you know what I mean? Well, w- with Smile, I think at this point it's kind of like maybe I'm just getting a return on my investment. Is from, it the, like, the is it Ms. the Reaper. electro pop vibes? Is it the rock vibes? I think it's more of the rock vibes. I think it's like like my sound has like a nostalgic feel, I guess, a bit to it. But also, I think it incorporates a lot of new stuff. Like, <clears throat> and Smile just kind of. I don't know, it just kind of like uh, engulfs like the sound of Grimsley is what I'm going to call it. It's like kind of melancholy yet hopeful and also just relatable lyrics to an extent, I think, kind of. Yeah. Like some of them are pretty yeah. exclusive to me, but yeah. Yeah, like do you think of me when like essentially shit hits the fan? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. Talk about yeah. the background of that, man. How did How did it start? Oh, that song's that song uh it's been in the it was in the pot for a while but i mean that was just another one of those you know relationship songs you know i have it like 
that and Miss Reaper are the two that are kind of like all right. relationship esque. Yeah. All right. And, uh... I trust you. You're not the Taylor Swift of rock music, are you? <laughs> no, 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 no. Definitely <laughs> I'm not. Kidding. Definitely I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Shout out to Tay Tay. Hey, She's killing hey. it. She's killing it. Yeah. But I don't know. You know, it's just kind of like a. Just wrote about how I felt, and that's just what happened. It's really cringy to talk about that, like uh, why I, I, I mean, why I wrote it and everything. Uh, but yeah, I just had a a relationship that was kind of a relationship. It was weird, and uh, pretty much I just wrote about them, and you know, here yeah, we are. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, um, life in South Carolina. How was it? Yeah. Like humble, humble beginnings. Did you um? I talk about that, man. Well, I mean, I, I grew, I lived my first 24 years of life there and I got all the good out of that, that I could. It was, I love it there. I do. I think it's, it's a really slow. What part? It's called, it's called Hartsville, South Carolina. Okay. It's a small little okay. town. It's got like yeah. 5,000 people. During COVID, like there were no shows going on at all. We were, you know, it sucked, but everybody wanted to play. And there was this uh, place called the Melon Barn in Greenville, <laughs> and it's literally a barn. But they were, it was like a little rundown. It was like a kind of like, hey, keep it to yourself about this venue type of thing. <laughs> yeah. And I we went you. out there. I've been and... to a few of those. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we ended up having one of the most insane like sets of our life, not because like we played great. But because it was like a few hundred kids came out, not really just for us, but for all these other, you know, just to get out. And we, mm. it, the whole building was shaking. Like I, there isn't a video on, on our Instagram somewhere of just the people were swinging from the rafters. You know, people were falling onto the stage, but damn, was I having fun. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it, it's, it's stuff like that. It's just like, uh, I don't know, that's locked in the memory bank forever. I've only seen a few DJ sets, I guess, and they've always been a good time. Yeah, but I prefer I prefer what kind of what kind of EDM are we talking about? Like Skrillex or Marshmallow, or that's the mainstream kind of stuff. Or are we talking about like the yeah. underground underground kind of stuff? It wasn't really underground stuff. I'm I'm not really ashamed to admit it. I I had a hardcore Chainsmokers phase. It was is kind of like lame to closer, say that. Closer, I, I like think, closer. I like closer. Oh yeah, that's a good song. It came out in, in, like when I was in college, and that song hit like no other. Like it was just hit uh, like uh, it hit like a certain substance. <laughs> yeah, 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 something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But it was so good, and I just started following them from there. I was like, these guys are really good. And I tried to make electronic music for a while back in the day, and I EDM. sucked at it. Yeah, but the, um, the reason I yeah, the reason I sucked at it is isn't because uh, of any other reason other than I guess I wasn't really passionate about it. Author and podcaster Joni's Jackson joined me in July to talk about her show, The Real Life of Joe. It's available on her website, therealllifeofjoe.com. Apple Podcasts, and of course, on YouTube. Um, it's a show where she reviews music, um, albums, EPs from uh, artists throughout the entire industry. She talks about how she built her YouTube channel and more. All right, this is a clip from that episode, July 12th. What I'm hoping for the music industry is for it to be not as watered down as it is. So um, 
I'm from the artists that I've been listening to on my show anyway, um, I love how a lot of people is finding their own sound and their own um, way to get their message across instead of being so cookie cutter now. So I do, mm. I am enjoying that transition in the music. So Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about when, uh, when the channel, when do you open the channel or start it? Um, so it was about what, five, five years ago, five years ago, I originally had started like doing like music reviews and like, I've always followed like underground artists and things because whatever city I'm, um, I live in at the time, I go to open mics and talent showcases and I connect with all these artists. Mm -hmm. Um, but I started back about five years ago, 20, no, no, something, 20, has to be 2019. I think it was 2019. So like just like right during the pandemic. Yeah, yes. That's when the actual music review started. We have right when a pandemic pandemic happened. Um, and I had to take a break for a while. Um, but I just started getting back into it back in April. Now to the let's dive more into the channel. Okay. Over three thousand subscribers. What how'd what how'd you get traction and talk about like the background of that, you know? Huh? Direct, direct marketing. So once you add in direct marketing, like you did, like you did, you do where like you message people, like you like podcasts, yes. like this podcast, individually talking to people. Like I literally set time apart to talk to people, and the more DMs and people you're talking to one on one the more subscribers yeah. you end up getting not necessarily every single one is going to subscribe to you but they'll share you know they'll drop comments but like word of mouth <laughs> you have a great personality and let's be honest you can i'm not trying to be rude i'm not trying to be rude to other people that try stuff mm -hmm. but would you agree that personality and entertainment value like you can't just message somebody and then when they check out your profile you got like you know absolutely um garbage you know or in like or like 50 followers and shit Absolutely. you have to you have to have a you know some uh background in <laughs> entertainment or something you know what i mean yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, well, I have 10 years of customer service experience. So when you throw that in there too, it's like you know how to deal with throw it in a big pot and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So every year there is the illustrious Sensibly Cynical Halloween special. And this year, it's no different. Fear Ennis trekked his way back onto the podcast for the fifth time. And we talked about the VHS series, the classic VHS series. Um, had a blast. Always do when Fear comes back on. Um, he gives his review of the whole series. Keeps me on the track, the right track. And uh, this is awesome. So... Here it is. This interview slash Halloween special was released actually in November, November 1st. Enjoy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and like, is there repeat characters? Uh, uh, not that I can think of. I don't think they did any repeats. People like Sam and Stephanie, like I was saying, and then there'll be like other names. Yeah, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not, and it's not like, um, um, American Horror Story, where it's the same cast. It's all new cast, mm -hmm. all stories each time. They they reel you in, correct? Yeah, usually probably by the, I think it's like the third or final, like, uh, short story. Um, all hell is breaking loose. Like, uh, in the second one, the short story, it's, ah, shit, what the hell was it called? Let me find it real quick. But it was really freaking <laughs> good. 
called Safe Haven. So essentially a film crew is invited to a cult compound mm-hmm. and they just want to find out. And when they go into the compound, they find a bunch of bizarre symbols, some school children, women dressed in white garments. Um, they meet a, the essentially the leader who's called the father. It, I, so am yeah, your, so it, I am your father. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, Luke. All we need is Luke Skywalker. So then, at one point, the father starts doing this speech, and he says, uh, "Now's the time," and everybody kills themselves. Hey, hey, that's crazy! Crazy. And then uh, Satan or some sort of deity appears. Like it, it gets really crazy. Let's be honest. We're like we're gonna talk about the saw, saw, and then like there's things like that where it's like you know what I mean. Like not just that, but it, they're all basically like suicide missions, you know. The last clip is from Ben Swift Reynolds, the most recent guest of Sensibly Cynical on December seventeenth. He is the host of Voice of the Fans Sportscast. He uh, runs the ship over there, steers it, if you will. Um, They have a cast of um, co-hosts, and they do a great job talking about mainly NFL, NBA, but um, any of the the big sports, or small sports in general. But anyways, check it out. Voice of the Bands Sportscast. This NFL, what's your thoughts on on, um, these uh, roughing the passer calls? Was it the one step and then like all that? What's your thoughts on that, man? It's terrible. It's ruining the game. I mean, they they continue in drives where it's putting defense in bad positions to tackle or make a play. Like now when you sack a quarterback, you got to make sure you have a pillow and a blanket. <laughs> he, he lay down gently and now this uh what the hell is this hip drop tackle i didn't know about this i didn't know about this until like last year what is right it? uh the hip drop tackle i understand people's concerns well what is it do you know what it is all right it's so it's it's like <laughs> you chasing somebody from behind and you wrap your your arms around their waist so you use your your body weight as an anchor so you drop down, oh. and what happens sometimes you can't have that. No, you yeah. can't. <laughs> and, and sometimes what happens out. is, is yeah. you fall on the person's heel or leg, which might cause an ACL tear. I mean, or something like yeah. that. Like uh, Mark Andrews, that would happen to Mark Andrews with the hip drop tackle. Well, here's, but I have here's used the, thing. the hip drop tackle before. Here's the thing, Swift. If you take away the, you can't go high, you can't go low. What what right. do you want them to do? You know, not everyone flag. can not everyone can go to Home Depot or whatever and get and get pillows. You know? <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Like, like some good pillows that fit. Yeah, type yeah, yeah. Go to like, the go to on, the man. go top uh, of the so line. You know, I have used the hip drop tackle. I have never landed on people's legs before. I always landed when I dropped. I always like did it on the side of them to 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 bring them down. So I'm uh, like, what you want me to do? You want let you want me to just wrap up behind him? Well, you gotta think about the marketing jobs. You know, how you gonna how you gonna create the flags and right, right. You can't have too each, heavy. You each can't... flag, each flag's gonna have its own logo. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, with their design, you know, their logo and everything. Yeah, you know, you gotta make the the, the flags like this. Uh, paper like... cut. You want to get cut from them, so you like gotta this cut NBA, them a way. yeah, like this NBA in-season tournament. 
right, you know, with, uh, the, with the courts looking like uh, <laughs> looking like, like Charlie, <laughs> look, looking like Mickey Mouse, like it's a Disney. Like they call an interior designer and like, hey, you know, make this look modern. It's like it's like if they called my boy Bugs Bunny and told him to <laughs> create the courts. Are they, are they, are they called him RuPaul? RuPaul, like, hey RuPaul, like design our course for us. You're like, I got you. You know, just uh just throwing shit that throwing shit together and right. <laughs> they using gimmicks, man. Like the NBA has NBA has fallen off, but all jokes know, aside though, man. I guess know, they gotta do what they gotta do. Shout out to LeBron James holding it down in the in-season tournament. Yeah, the in-season <laughs> tournament champion. I can't wait for Bron Sessels to use that in the argument. Yeah. Oh, LeBron, he's the first ever in-season tournament champion. You know, yeah. like that's supposed to mean something. So flopping. What was your thoughts when they implemented? I assume I'm not. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you were pro uh, new flopping rules. Yeah, cause there's it, no need for flopping. You know, it 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 made things harder. Hey, Joe. it's like this. <gasps> right, yeah, like, like you barely touched the guy. Like, <laughs> barely touched him. What are he doing? Like, yeah. It's, it's like we're not soccer guys, y'all. Y'all, y'all big. Yeah, yeah. Get the fuck out of there soccer. with that Ronaldo crap. You know. Yeah, I don't, I don't need Neymar rolling. I don't, well, not, I don't even need LeBron rolling on the ground fifty times to draw to show that he got fouled. No, be like in the eighties. Be like in the seventies. Take the charge. Take the bump. Take the bruises and move it along. Like, yeah, we got pl- places to go, people to see. Right, right. I don't have time for <laughs> acting. Like you want to go act, go join the actors guild. Or yeah, something, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then go or don't, but never go full Draymond. You know, you yeah, never be, go. Full you can't Draymond. be, you can't be slapping people on the three sixty turn. Nuts, if you're gonna man. do, if you're gonna do a three sixty <laughs> turn, do it in your own time, like in ballet classes. But don't do it to like people. He, he gave him the uh, Dave Chappelle slap. You know, you the know? five fingers to the oh, face God. type slap. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even know who Yusuf Nurkic was until <laughs> until last week. Uh, he's famous now. <laughs> like, who the fuck's who the fuck's this guy? Hey, a fan walking <laughs> to me. Hey, ain't you the guy that got slapped by Draymond? 